Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside who am I and what do I believe? A couple questions right out of the gate there. Do it, T. Yeah, here we go. So in this episode, I want you to sort of, I do this a lot, and I apologize if it gets to be annoying, but I think the listeners really enjoy these types of, you know, back in the early years conversations. <laughs> and I know you don't live there, but it's yeah. really important for the people who, you know, look forward to this in the podcast feed about what life was like for you back when you were first starting out. So in those early years... And you went through a ton to forge your mindset and your belief system. Most people see your success and believe that you are always the person we see in front of us today. And from what you've shared with, with me and the listeners, that wasn't always the case. Can you take us back into the early years when you were just forging that mindset to decide who you were and what you believed? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, um, so I'm in my well let's 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 see right around 1990 let's say uh 24 years old bankrupt um car repossessed literally had to leave our apartment building in the middle of the night I mean I went into I went into the 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 apartment office so to speak and I told him, I said, listen, I had a financial crisis. Can, can you let me out of the lease? Can you get me in a lower rent apartment? You know, anything. Nope. They were just like, nope, you're going to pay. And he wouldn't budge. The guy would not move. So I go back home. Um, I'm talking to my wife. We had to uh, literally, Brandon, we had, I, th- I had $300 that I had to go find a used car. Right, because my car was repossessed. I had three hundred dollars cash. That's all I had. I had to find. I had to find a used car. Right. So two kids. Um, then we have to find an apartment. So we've got friends, family looking for something that we can get into that they won't do a credit check on, because just filed bankruptcy. Sure. Right. And have to move fifty-seven miles away. Not in a good neighborhood. Um, wondering. Are we going to have enough money for groceries, right? Going on food stamps. Like it was, plus, I mean, I felt like a piece of shit, you know? Like I was, I felt, I was so humiliated. Um, it was, it, I felt, it was so embarrassing to go into the store and not be able to know if you're going to be able to pay the bill when you get up, you know, how much, how much is this? And with a calculator, like it, it was, it was, it was crazy. And, then uh, I'm working this job where it doesn't matter how much I work, there's not enough. It was also very difficult to find work then, right? So not finding, not finding much. And my, and my mindset's just going down, 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 because I realized the mistakes that I made, but I did not know how to turn this around without an education. You know, it's like you're driving a forklift. You can also drive a truck. And that was the other thing about the truck thing. You could make a little bit more money if you were driving a truck, but most places wanted you to have five years of experience. Well, where the hell do you get the experience? You know, it was right. a, everything was a catch-22. I don't know how I'm, I'm going to get out of this situation. And 
it was just progressively, I was just watching it every day, progressively get worse, worse, worse. And that, and that is everything that led up to my emotional meltdown at work where I got the idea about changing my attitude. And I remember when, when that happened, I thought to myself, there ain't no fucking way changing my attitude is going to change my income in any reasonable amount of time to turn this around. And I, I couldn't have been more wrong. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's where I was. And, oh, and I, everything gets, get this, I would have to buy a case of oil, right? I had uh, a Ford Escort wagon. I had to buy a case of oil because it took a quart of oil in to get to work and a quart of oil to get home. I was the car that you saw going down the street with the big blue cloud. Yeah, the smoke <laughs> just coming yeah. out. Yeah. And that car <laughs> that car made it for two years that way. Fifty seven wow. miles to work, fifty seven miles home. For two years, quart of oil each way. That's insane. I used to just a funny side note, I used to have the same situation with my seventy six Buick Regal that I used to cruise around <laughs> yeah, in. I yeah. my dad used to steal, no shit, he used to steal the big gigantic five weight thirty or whatever yeah. from the from the construction site, bring it home, and I would have to fill that up. I filled that up more than I did my gas tank. So you get to this place where you sit there and you think to yourself, like, oh, my God, like, this is my life. And you're putting in all this effort. You have your breakdown. You come to this realization. And then from there, you start to apply that changing your attitude. I love that story, not because of the hardship you went through, but because you were able to have the awareness to say to yourself, well, shit, I'm going to test this and I'm going to change my attitude and see what happens. And then the rest is obviously from the annals of lore in our company and where you are today. So I think it's pretty impressive. And I do think because I did, there was nothing else that I could think of to do. You know, I think if I actually had other options, I probably wouldn't have done the attitude thing. You know, if I'm really honest, sure. I did it because I was like, uh, there's no what else this is, is all there? I got. This is all I got. This yeah. is it. I'll give it a try and see what happens. Yeah, you were you were painted into a corner and you you did what you needed to do to fight out of it. I think what's what's really cool about all that is, you know, in the episode you talked about there's a surefire way to analyze your belief system right now. And that's just look at your current results. So back yeah. then you were looking at your current results and you don't know going up to the 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 checkout lane at your local food store if you have enough to get through it. So your current results are not what you had envisioned when you were, you know, much younger. So when you look about, when you talk about looking at your current results, can you say more about why that's a good way for us to understand what our beliefs really are? Yeah. So the results are a direct reflection of what you believe, what you know. It, it It is the effect of the cause. And the cause is how you're thinking about whatever it is that you're doing, how you're thinking about life, money, relationships, whatever it is. So those are the results that you've created. If you don't like, if you don't like what the results are, if you look at the results and you say, well, what must I believe or think in order to create this result? You can then start looking at what, you know, the actual belief that's causing you to maybe not make enough money or not be able to increase your income or having your business constantly running into major issues that you can't seem to get around. They just keep uh, uh, happening over and over again, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We talk a lot about, you know, the two laws that stand out the most on this show is polarity, of course, which is one of your favorite laws, and then cause and effect. I think cause and effect comes up all of the time. Mm. And I, I think it helps people to sort of, 
look at their own lives and realize, okay, I'm not getting the results I want right now. What is the cause of that? Because I am the cause of that. It's no one else. There's probably people out there, many people out there who would, they're probably not listening to the show, would be blaming yeah. others. They'd be, they'd be blaming the cause out I external. Did. Yeah, I, I, I did. did too. And once you sort of turn that inward and kind of get really uh, down and dirty with yourself, things can shift and yeah. they can shift in a hurry. Most people don't, they're not raised with the idea that they have that much power over the life, you know, the, the results that they're actually getting in life. And when you grow up hearing um, wealthy people are keeping people from having money or the, the employers are, are jerks, um, uh, rich people, you know, uh, th there's something they're doing. So either they're doing something illegal or there's something special about them. There's always this indication that there's other people keeping you from the success that you want or getting even just getting a fair break. There's this other uh, idea that there's something different about these individuals that you don't have and, and you can't get. So when I found myself having problems, I, I, and I wasn't even consciously thinking about this, but I was so angry at the people that I worked for because I felt like they were picking on me. And they weren't picking on me. I was doing shitty work. I mean, I was a shitty employee. They should have fired my ass, you know? But I was angry at them. I did not know uh, at the time that what I was doing was reflecting the belief system that I was raised with. Right. And that I had been, you know, like uh, even the kids that I went to school with and their parents, it was all the same freaking belief system, you know, that the man is, is the problem and we're stuck in this situation because of them. Nobody ever taught me that, listen, if you want to change something, you can control it. You can actually change it. The results that you get are going to be determined by how do you give your best? Like, are you showing up giving your best every day? Do you even know what your best is? Nobody taught me that as a kid. Right. So I worked with this entitlement idea that just do the very minimum and go home. And I'll tell you something else. A lot of the people I worked with would say, I'm not doing any more. Like they don't pay me. They don't pay me to do any more than that. I'm going to give the bare minimum, bare minimum and that is absolutely it. And when I started to change and I started to do more, they would give me shit for doing more because they were like, if you keep doing that, they're going to expect us to do it. Right. And it was, it was like, we're going to take you out and back and, you know, and pound you into the, yeah. into the ground if you keep doing this because they're going to expect us to actually do right. more. It's so crazy. This idea that the world owes you something and, you know, I'm, but that's what causes people to get in that situation. Yeah. And it's that how you do, you know, anything is how you do everything. And that's a very triggering statement to a lot of people because right. you're right in, in those types of work environments, there is that pressure to just do just enough. And like you said, you were getting it from the people who worked with you. Don't make us look yes. bad. And all of these are sort of beliefs that were formed much early on in childhood. And I think I want to take the opportunity right now. You put together a free resource that I'm just going to share for, for the listeners, because I yeah. really think this is cool because it comes with the awareness, first of all, all about what it is that you were taught, you know, like 
you put together this uh, free resource that's, that's called the Are Your Beliefs Blocking Your Success Checklist? And it's an actual checklist where you go through some of those words you just talked about. Like, did you hear growing up, you know, that salespeople are slimy? Did you hear growing up that a penny saved is a penny earned? Like right. all these things right. that are in our vernacular, or in our head. Money you, doesn't grow on trees. Yes, yeah. you put this into a beautiful checklist. So for those of you who are listening to this to this episode, I want you to go down below in the show notes, click on David's Instagram profile. That'll take you to his page. And I want you to slide into his direct messages and just, just send the word belief to David and David will personally send you this. Are your beliefs blocking your success? So once again, go into David's Instagram found below, you can go ahead and click through there, go to DMS, write the word in belief and we'll make sure and get that to you because I went through this and I was fascinated at how many things that I remembered hearing growing up that were on this checklist. It was eye opening. And yes. crazy. Yes. And to, when you start to understand that those are the beliefs that are running around in your subconscious mind, that controls your perception, which is then how you're seeing your environment, you're seeing your world, and then you have an automatic reaction to that because you believe that that stuff is true. So you literally create, you know, when I say, when I say that I didn't know how to get out of the situation that I was in, I also didn't know that I created the box that I was right. proverbial, you know, in, like yeah, I, in. I was in. Somebody once said this, they were like, you have to get out of the box, but the instructions to get out of the box are on the outside of the box, right? And it's Love really that. true because you've created this box based on beliefs that somebody else gave you, which is not your fault, but it's your responsibility to change it. Yeah, and it's not your responsibility to make them wrong for doing it. They did the best they could at the time, but now that you have a heightened awareness around it, this checklist is going to get you right on track and and get you to realize it. Anybody can change it. Totally. If you change, if you start to change your belief system, it is remarkable how fast your results can start changing. And you don't, it's not that you need more money or you need more time or any of the stuff that people think. It's literally changing what you believe because there's an opportunity in everything that we do to advance us. But if you can't see it, it's like it's not even there. And that helps people see it. I love it. Yeah, pick this up. Slide into David's Instagram DMs with that word belief and get yours and go through it and you'll be shocked at how many of these are prevalent running around in the background of your mind. All right, speaking of the mind, let's talk about confusion for a bit because in the episode you talked about the confused mind and that how that's an indicator of a person in resistance. You said that confusion is the mind's way of trying to keep you out of the truth because the truth is too painful too frightening, too scary, and so on. So what strategies can you offer up to someone who's aware that confusion is maybe prevalent in their mind and wants to get back on track to the clarity they desire? So it, the, the, I confusion itself is the, is a really interesting thing that the subconscious mind does to prevent you from moving forward. If you have clarity, you know what to do. You can move forward. You can see the next step what decision has to be made. You could weigh things and, you know, like, am I going to do this or am I going to do this? But when we're presented with something that is challenging the subconscious, it cre- what, one of the things that it does is it can create confusion so you cannot see the next step. So the idea is this. You ask yourself, what is the truth in this? You, because you have to figure out a way to start to bring clarity to the way that you think. And if you're focused on the confusion, there's no clarity. If you're focused on what's wrong, but you don't have the answer, there's no clarity. So I've been teaching people for a long time. 
the question to use is what is the truth in this? Because it starts, it starts to, number one, organize the way that you're thinking so that you can actually start to see what's going on with not only the results that, that you have in your life, but what's actually going on inside my head, right? And if we can see the truth, we can start to make a plan because the next step is make a decision. You have to make a decision to do something different that you're doing. And it really doesn't matter what it is because once you make the decision, then from the cause and effect perspective that you were talking about, you can say, was this the right decision? Did I get the result that I'm looking for or not? And then you can actually make a change from that, from that standpoint. Absolutely. Is confusion a learned pattern? Like, did we pick that up from our parents or our caregivers? Or is that something that, you know, just at a certain age when we start to go through life and we get into whatever work we're doing, that that when we start picking up on confusion? You, you can pick it up from your parents, um, but it's also a way that the mind will, it'll go into confusion instead of going into fear. See, if it's confused, you can't move forward. So if you're afraid or if you're intimidated or you think that this is something that's risky, now as a kid, maybe I'm going to get in trouble, right? So it is. it can actually be a defense mechanism because then it prevents a person from moving forward. Yeah. And we definitely don't want people listening to this show to be confused about anything. I mean, when you are, <laughs> when you are clear on what your directive is, you seem to be solely focused and you drive toward it, which I think is powerful. Yeah. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Well, also in the episode, you touched upon some of my favorite conversations around these mythological beings who visit us in the night. <laughs> I love this. Uh, the Santa Clauses, the Easter bunnies, the tooth fairies. If you haven't listened to the cause and effect, um, uh, the issue with Santa Claus and mythical holiday creatures, I'm going to link below in the show notes to that. It's a great episode, but it's also, uh, it, yeah. it brings to light the things that I used to do. And we had a good conversation about that around the things that I did with my kids around Santa Claus uh-huh. and, and leprechauns and all sorts of crazy right. things we won't get into. But you said uh, Although those things are fun and are intended to provide a certain mystique around the holidays, it's actually creating an erroneous view of cause and effect in the mind from a young age uh, before you had the ability to reject it. Um, Long after the mystery is gone and the truth comes out that it was mom and dad all along that were pulling these strings behind the scene, the correlation of being good to get things sticks with you. You know, I'm a, I'm a 40 some year old man who still, you know, there's a magic around the holidays, but I got that from my parents who, you know, kept that going for many, many years. So why is that so important when you're understanding what it takes to be successful, this correlation of being good to get? So when I, when I first started to study and really look into why people do what they do, I was very curious about the idea that a person would, let's say, start a business and literally not do the things that would cause money to come into the business, but they would do something else, like business Everything work, but. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And they would actually feel good about what they were doing. So I started saying, like, where, how is it that this got programmed in somebody's mind? And one of the things that I went through, um, also because Napoleon Hill talked about in Think and Grow Rich, he, he said, which, I, which really surprised me, that people needed to remove superstition from their mind. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like what superstitions could actually be causing a person to fail? And I was looking at Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, and I was thinking, what's the underlying message that prepares a child's mind to accept things that are ridiculously not true based on cause and effect so they can't get the result? And I'm like, oh, 
So we're taught just be good and you get things. That's not based on cause and effect. Being good in the world is not going to pay your rent. It's not going to pay the phone bill. It's not going to get you a new car. Yet, if that goes into the mind as a cause and effect in order to actually get some kind of a reward, subconsciously, especially if you go into confusion, your mind is going to go to the belief that it has, right? So if it has be good, then we actually think that we're doing the right thing but we're not. We're off track, and then we don't know why we're we're actually getting a, a, a poor result. We we literally don't know, but we feel like we're doing the right thing inside of our body. The other thing about this was that what is the trade that's being made, right? So with Santa Claus, it's good. With the Tooth Fairy, you're literally giving a part of your body in order to get money. And I remember trying to see if you could get two teeth out. Right, yeah, like just, literally, just like, adding an extra one in there. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're losing totally. You might as well just coming out, right? pull them out. There's another loose one. Can I get that one out to actually get any more? A few shekels. And I get the, I get, you know, why they would do something like this, but it's also saying sacrifice something of yourself in order, in order to get this. So, what are the ramifications of that when you get older? Right? What does it prepare the mind for? Because you're doing this at such a young age. Now think about this. The kids are believing in this. They're so young, they're believing in it, right? They don't have the knowledge to know that these things aren't actually real. So they're believing that they're real. So you set up this foundation for people to believe in things that are absolutely false, and it's tied to how do we actually get things in life? So... You know, I just thought to myself, it's fascinating because so much of what we're doing that's causing a problem is unconscious. If you could go back and dig around and see what were the things that that I was actually taught that are affecting how I'm working and how I'm viewing it, then it would make it would help a person make sense of why they need to actually change those things. Sure. So that's how that. Yeah, and and we're not doing it from a malicious standpoint. No, we're not. No, no, we're no. not carrying these myths along. It's just how we learned and how my parents learned and how their parents learned, right. and we just continue to pass it along. And I'm not saying you don't have to do that, but also be mindful that there are some consequences later on in life if you don't have that conversation because these kids are getting these programming that good. Being good is good enough, and I don't think that being good is good enough, especially in business. If you want, there, I know a lot of good people, right. really, genuinely right. good people yeah. that don't have a pot to piss in. No. Let's be honest. So, good in business is not good enough. You've got to be able to look at how cause and effect plays out in your life. So. And a lot of the things that are in business, a person doesn't want to look at. Look, look at look at this for for a second. Now, I'm I'm not challenging anybody's belief here, but just take this into consideration. You have an adult who's relatively educated. They're, they're starting a business. And at the same time, they will say that the religion that they believe in is the only religion. And if you ask them, why do they say that? They'll tell you just because. And the reason is, is because they were raised in an environment, a religious environment. They were told that the religion that they practice is the only one. And if you, if you go off into any other religion, you could literally go to hell for it. All the other religions are wrong. And they've never actually done any research to say, I want to pick this because I've educated myself in this direction. 
Now, we would expect that from a child, but you wouldn't expect that from an adult. And adults do it all the time based on what they were taught as absolutes when they were children. And it's not just religion. Look at the absolutes that you were taught around money, right? right? If you have absolute beliefs, excuse me, about money that do not allow you to earn a lot of money because you're stuck in this belief system, if you won't let it go, you stay stuck there for the rest of your life. You know, so the idea is like, look, we we are intelligent, but if you don't understand how your subconscious mind works to keep you locked in to a very specific groove in life that only keeps you getting the same thing that your parents got, you'll never break out of it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's fantastic. In this episode, you also reference the science of getting rich, which we do often yeah. here. And you specifically went into chapter 14, the impression of increase, and which is a powerful, powerful chapter in itself yeah. and one that you study regularly. Um, and there's one sentence that you pulled out for us, and I'd love for you to be able to dissect this and break this down for us in true Nagel fashion. And the sentence is, well, it's actually a couple of sentences. <laughs> he who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve much must sacrifice much. And he who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. Can you break that down for us and kind of let us know what Waddles is thinking with that sentence? Yeah. So the idea is this. Um, when we sacrifice something, we're giving something up from ourselves, something of a lower nature in order to gain something of a higher nature. So if you just look at a day, let's just take the, the idea of a day. you got 24 hours in a day. Everybody's day is filled, right? Even if it's not planned, it's, it's already filled with something. Even if you're just sitting on the couch watching reruns, it's filled. If I don't like the results that I'm getting, I have to look at what, I, what do I think, what do I do, how do I behave, what do I do with my days. I have to be willing to sacrifice what is necessary in order to adopt a new way of thinking, behaving, whatever it might be, to get a different result. The bigger the result that I want, the more I have to let go of that's not functionable in my life. And it's, so it's not like a bad thing. You're just giving up things that are not giving you the results that you want for your life. I mean, people have, they want to live big dreams. They want to do great things. In order to do that, you got to get rid of a lot of what's not working in your life. You know, if you want to be um, like really fit or whatever, and I mean, we'll look at you with your running, mm -hmm. you have to give up a tremendous amount in order to maintain that regimen yeah. every single day. You have to sacrifice something. For sure. You could sleep an hour later, but you sacrifice that so that you can get out there and and actually maintain that commitment that yeah. you made to yourself. Yeah. If a person wants to make a lot of money, but they're not willing to make the sales or learn that skill, they're not going to get there. But if they'll sacrifice how they feel about it, if they'll sacrifice watching television and spend another hour on the phone, they can become really great at it and they can make a lot of money. So what he's talking about is getting rid of anything that's a lower nature in your life in order to gain things of a higher nature that give you more results, better results that you're looking for. Yeah, and what's interesting here is the distinction that sacrifice is not a negative thing. See, yeah. 
that because my head immediately goes to I'm giving something up, therefore something's either being taken away from me. It's a sacrifice I'm giving. It's yes. negative, yeah. but it's not yeah. a negative. It's a net positive when you think about that you are sacrificing something of a lesser nature to gain something of a higher nature yeah. just by giving that up. My brain wants to shift to a negative, and I love that you point out this is a positive thing you're doing, like sacrificing a goat or the chicken yes. head or human sacrifice. Yeah, it's one less <laughs> right. goat. Yeah, it's one less goat right. in the world. But no, that's no. not what you're saying. It's no. a positive thing and my brain needs it's I can feel it fighting like nope it's a negative it's a negative whenever you sacrifice it's a great sacrifice it's big sacrifice no this sacrifice is actually a positive thing I mean that's that's kind of what we're talking about look at how many things in your mind that's attached to that's negative and not something that actually feels good yeah right so you know the the other thing I think is just that idea in and of itself why can't the new things that we're learning feel just as good as the habits that we have that aren't serving us. We can go in and say, this is going to be great instead of, oh, this is going to suck or, you know, I'm not going to like this, you know, or it's going to be so much effort. Why not go into it with a positive expectation of what your experience is going to be? We have the ability to do that. Right. Well, and I'm going to go back to this, are your beliefs blocking your success piece that, you know, you're offering as a free resource to other listeners on the podcast. Um, It it allows us to understand that there is a programming that's going on behind the scenes we may not even be aware of. And this document is going to point people to that. So remember, go into the notes below, click on, you know, David's Instagram page, slide into his DMs just with the word belief, and we'll make sure and get you a copy of this beautiful checklist so you too can realize exactly what's going on behind the scenes. So, all right, well, to wrap this up, you know, those two questions that faced us in the title, who am I? What do I believe? What do you suggest a person do with those right now and how they go about answering them for themselves? Well, I think the first thing is they have to sit down and they have to ask themselves, if somebody was to say, who are you, what would your answer be? And just be honest of what your answer would be, because we're not really taught who we are. We're taught I'm my name, I'm my body, I'm my result, I was my grades when I was in school. But you're none of those things, right? Those are things that you do or things that you have. In order to really find out who you are, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to study exactly what you are from a spiritual perspective. And when when we look at it from that way, what is the potential of you? based on a new idea versus an old idea. If you had, what if you were, you were one of these people that had a parent that said you were a piece of shit and you'll never amount to anything. That's what you think in your subconscious mind. And it's, there's nothing about that that's absolutely true. You have to, you have to really understand. And the only way to do that is to study. Absolutely. And it's not, who do you think you are? No. It's, who am I? Right. I mean, there's a lot of people, I mean, myself included, if you asked me, I was afraid you were going to ask me, like, who Who are you? I was going to be like, I, I don't really know. I'm, <laughs> I'm this guy who works with this guy and we do this podcast. Yeah. So it's, but really getting quiet and thinking and studying, like, who am yeah. I? What do I believe? I think of all the episodes we've done recently, I think this one has the biggest potential for people to really gain clarity to move forward and to make big changes in their life. And that's what you're here to do. That's your mission. You've done it for multiple decades. And I feel like people after coming out of this episode are going to know a little bit more to take some time, find out, you know, who am I and what do I believe to propel your forward? I think that a person has to really want to know who they are because when you find out, it's going to blow your mind. Um, 
I had absolutely no idea I, that I would discover and learn what I discovered and learned about myself and, and you know, all of humanity when I started down this road. I was so angry when I started to find out the truth about these things because I thought to myself, why is it that people don't know this? Why don't people know that earning money and earning a lot of money is actually something very easy that anybody can can do? Why are people being locked in a proverbial box of limitation for their entire life and they don't know this? But But one of the answers to that is that you have to want to know because if you don't want to know, it'll scare most people. You're, you are that powerful. People are that powerful, right? Yeah. So it's, I, it's something that I take very serious and I think that, that the, the listener needs to take it very serious. But the best thing that you could do for yourself is to really sit down and say, who am I and what do I actually believe? Because once you begin to understand that, if you don't like it, you can change it and you can change it really quick. Yeah, and had you not, had you taken who you were at face value from the people telling you that that's what you were, you wouldn't be here, which means that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, be here. here. And had I taken what people told me I was, I wouldn't be here right. and my kids wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Right. So it's really this very interesting way of looking at things. And I think it's just extremely powerful. So, well, I appreciate all this and uh, thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.